What is up? Welcome to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast. My name is Kate, registered dietitian and emotional eating coach. Each episode, I will bring you a motivational message or an inspiring guest to help you make informed nutrition decisions that fuel your life, not restrict it. Whether you are new to the podcast or an OG listener, thanks for spending this time with me today. Now, let's get into it. What's going on, you guys? Welcome back to another juicy episode of the Nutrition Awareness Podcast. I am beyond excited for you to dive into today's conversation I had with dating and relationship coach, Mary Miranda. Now, if you're thinking, Kate, that's wonderful, but why is there a dating and relationship coach on a nutrition podcast? You are going to be shocked about how much Mary's relationship with food tied into her journey into becoming a dating and relationship coach. She's not only struggled with love addiction, but she struggled with fitness addiction and eating disorders along her journey. And this took her deeper into the work she does now. She uses self-love as the foundation for her life and to help women, specifically driven and ambitious ambitious women. She helps them find success in love. She helps them attract a high quality man and relationship. Mary primarily focuses on the woman herself and helps her become better, love herself, reclaim her power, heal her past hurts and traumas, as well as tap into her feminine magnetism. Mary spent over a decade in toxic relationships, and she walked away in 2015 from an emotionally abusive relationship with a public figure that propelled her to start her journey of healing and loving herself. And now she tells you guys the story of how she manifested the love of her life, her twin flame, in less than two weeks. And I'll let her tell you all about that. You will find her story so compelling, and you will be shocked to see all the parallels that we draw between toxic relationships, coping with unhealthy relationships with food and fitness. I really hope this episode resonates with you. I know it resonated with me personally. Mary hit on a lot of things that really hit me in the feels to say the least. And if you're a guy hearing this and you are tempted to skip through, I really encourage you to give it a listen. It gives you a great perspective of coming from a female on how relationships impact how we view ourselves and therefore our relationship with food and others. I'm really excited for this episode. Please give us some feedback if you like it. If you have any specific questions, I will link both me and Mary's information in the show notes, but let's dive in for now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, Mary, thanks for coming on the Nutrition Awareness Podcast today. Hi, Kate. I am so, so, so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes. And I want to share with listeners a little bit about how you and I connected. So you live in Chicago, correct? Correct. Yes. Correct. And so I'm in Orlando, but you and I are both on a Facebook group community page for people who work with coaching clients online. And I just put out there, I was like, hey, you know, I'm looking to bring some really interesting guests onto the Nutrition Awareness Podcast. If anybody has any interesting points or stories related to their 
relationship with diet and food, reach out to me. And so Mary, you sent me a message and I was like, yes, she needs to come on and share her story because I feel like our listeners are really going to resonate with what you have to say. Yes, I remember. And I reply like this really long message. And I'm like, I have an interesting story. I think my story is very interesting. So I'm so glad that you resonated with it. And you thought of me as a great fit to be here in your podcast and be my story to be shared with your audience. So thank you so much. Yeah. And what I really find is unique about your stories. Not only is it interesting, it's interesting because it's a relatable and B, it's fascinating how you took your struggles with food and body image and turned it into something very unique. Because a lot of times, you know, not I mean, I did this, you turn it into something that's more geared towards nutrition and, and fitness or helping people with their relationships with food, but you actually turn it around and changed it into helping people with relationships in general. Yes, because it's relationships are such a part of my story that I always was looking for the right man. I always wanted someone to love me. I wanted to be happy. And I just I was always searching for Mr. Right. And I ended up in a lot of toxic relationships. Mm. So I developed this addiction to love and it was not healthy love it was toxic love so my story has a lot to do with addictions that people normally don't see as addictions like fitness and love and at the end when I went through my own journey of fitness nutrition and all of that but at the end I'm like what I really want is to find the right man the right man. So when I finally was able through all my struggles and all my ups and downs to meet the the most amazing man ever that I now I'm married to. Seven months has been amazing. And deep down, I'm like, what can I really help women with, right? Because last year, I was a, I was still kind of like a self love coach helping women heal after toxic relationships, which I do a lot of healing. But I'm like, what do I really want to help women with? I'm like, wow, I want to help women find love, true, healthy, conscious, amazing love. So now I took everything that I have been through and turn it around into a dating and relationship coaching business, (laughs) which has been amazing. And I do nutrition, health, health issues, and just so much stuff that I have dealt with, I do embedded in my business. But it's not like the front of it. The front is obviously dating and relationships. But I love talking about this stuff. That's why I resonated so much with your podcast. And I'm like, I want to come in and talk about this different side of the story. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. And that is incredible. So you were addicted to love and you kind of found that manifesting in a toxic way. Can you tell Mm -hmm. listeners a little bit about what that looked like? What were these toxic relationships that you were experiencing like? Yeah. So basically I had always kind of, um, I didn't love myself at all. I didn't really know who I was. I've always struggled with identity issues since I came to the United States at age 14 from Mexico so I come into this new, to the United States, new world, I feel lost, I don't know the language, and I ended up not knowing who I was. So I've always had this identity issues where I was always seeking to belong somewhere to fit in. And I always thought that someone outside of me was supposed to make me happy. Once I found the right person, I was going to feel loved, I was finally going to be happy, all my problems were going to go away. So this translated into a codependency that I didn't know and into love addiction that I honestly did not even know I had it. So I went a decade 
I spent over a decade dating toxic men. And the men that I dated were mostly like public figures. They were very popular and they were emotionally unavailable. They would Mm. uh, emotionally abuse me, insult me, put me down. They would ghost me. They would ignore me, silent treatment. Um, I was pulled for my hair a few times. So it was not super physical, but it was more of that hidden abuse that, you know, you're in a relationship that you don't know why you're so miserable. You're so unhappy. You feel depleted. You feel worn out. You have no energy. You put him first. He's the center of your universe and you're mistreated. You're always told you're not good enough. You're not worthy. Your body is not sexy or you're rejected. It's like a lot of things that come into this toxic relationships where they start love bombing you which is kind of like the fairy tale state oh yes that like face yes they start amazing charming good looking attractive the men that i dated were public figures so they were charmers like crazy they would pretty much be the prince charming that you always dreamed of that cinderella story and i would just kind of be like wow they treat me like like a queen and i was treated so well at the beginning and then slowly once they get you once you're like falling in love with them they start devaluing you they Mm -hmm. start isolating you from people they don't want you to hang out with these people they don't want you to have friends they kind of isolate you from your family they turn people against you so you end up pretty much seeing them as your only source of love as your only source of safety but at the same time they're devaluing you and treating you bad so you for so you long for the person that you met at the beginning, right? The charmer, the guy that loved you, the guy that swept you off your feet, you want him back. So you stay in this relationship, pretty much putting excuses. Oh, no, he's just having a bad day. Oh, he's working so much. Or probably I made him, I'm, I said something that got him upset. So it's my fault. So you end up taking responsibility and making it seem your fault even though it's not your fault entirely because they make you feel that way right there's a lot of gaslighting there's Mm -hmm. a lot of brainwashing that they even if it's their fault and you have evidence and you confront them they manage so well to turn it against you that you end up feeling like Mm -hmm. it's your fault so I went through a lot of that. It's called um, narcissistic abuse, which I really don't want to get into, right? But mm-hmm. it's like very toxic. So I found out um, 2015, that's when I actually left for good, that I had been in emotionally abusive relationships. I mean, like I knew they were toxic and I wasn't happy, but I never knew it was abuse. And this is something that kind of shook me up. I was numb for like a week. I was like, how could I not have known this? I'm smart, I'm intelligent, I'm driven. How did I let myself go? Why did this happen to me? And I went into this world that is like unbelievable how this happens. And after that, I found so many women that have also gone through this. And it's like, oh my God, this is a huge thing that's happening. But for me, during those relationships that were so toxic, that's when I started my fitness and everything. So it was kind of like healing, kind of like moving away from this toxic relationships and this addiction to toxic love that I didn't know I had, moving toward fitness that it was kind of my outlet. But at the end, it also became kind of like an addiction. Do you feel like your addiction to fitness and dieting kind of parallel the same issues that you were having with your relationships yes it kind of did yes definitely 
when you were telling your story about your emotional abusive relationships, it was like you were speaking directly to me because I went through the same thing with a relationship with a guy for two years. He was an athlete. He was Prince Charming in the beginning, made Mm. it seem like it was perfect. And then when it started to not get so perfect, I felt really confused. And I found Mm -hmm. throughout my experience of constantly feeling isolated, constantly feeling like I wasn't good enough. I used dieting and fitness and over-exercising and putting all of my energy into counting calories and watching what I eat as a way to cope and distract myself mm-hmm. from all these negative, empty feelings I felt inside because I had somebody here tugging me around, but at least I could control how much I was eating. And at least I could control how many calories or so I thought I could, could, could control how many calories I was burning at the gym. And it mm-hmm. almost for me was paralleling the the issues I was it was paralleling what I wish I had in my relationship and that I didn't have Mm -hmm. no totally resonates with me but at that time I didn't know I was doing that obviously Mm. now through personal development I'm like oh that's why I was doing that right (laughs) (laughs) yes but it was more like I left it, it was like very on and off relationship that lasted for about five years so in one of the exhausting I was exhausted and I had trauma bonding, which is kind of like this addiction and literally your nervous system and everything is treating this person as a drug addiction. Mm. Literally, it was the same thing I was going through withdrawal. So during one of the breakups, which was like about six months, um, I was going through this major withdrawal. Then one day I was just so fed up with me with my pity party, being a victim, crying all the time, praying to God to take me away before I go to bed because oh. it was so painful. And I remember one day I went to bed crying. I was like, I don't want to be here anymore. And I got up the next day to feel the same way. And I'm like, no, enough. I'm like, this is now how I'm going to go down in life. No, no, no. So I started working out. I just started running and I started kind of bodybuilding. This is when I was introduced to it. And at the same time that I was introduced to fitness, I was also introduced to personal development. And I was also introduced to self-help. And I found this book that introduced me to codependency, to how your childhood impacts the relationships you attract and your relationship dynamics and all of this stuff that I was never aware of. So after that, obviously, I started getting, I got more into bodybuilding where it actually, I was training for a competition. So that's when everything really became an addiction. Everything was so structured. I was so lenient. It was like my little own dictatorship seriously I was like a dictator to my own life it was like very organized I was very in my masculine energy you know whenever I went to the gym I felt so empowered I'm like I can do better than a man (laughs) because I had been so put down by men that this was my comeback right but it was so toxic the way I was doing it even though my body looked amazing I was doing it in a very unhealthy way as far as my mindset goes and my emotions. And I was pretty much working out from ego to show off, to get praised, to be admired, to feel significant, to feel important, to feel good enough and worthy, and to kind of find a group where I could fit in and belong, which is something that I longed for since I was 14 years old. And it was basically, I wanted to seek people, I wanted people to validate me, approve me, accept me, make me feel loved. And when I, through this journey that I've been on, I realized this were all, all, these were all needs that were not met when I was a child. 
And my process has been, how can I fulfill those needs within me, with me, so I never have to look for anything else again to uh, external of me, right? So it's been a beautiful journey, honestly. (laughs) Mary, I know that there are people listening to this right now, because I know I'm listening to this and I'm like, jaw dropping. You said so many things that I can relate to, especially when you were talking about being sick of this victim mindset and then finding fitness as a way to put you into a masculine energy, because it's mm-hmm. so true. I, I know when I go in the gym, I'm like, yeah, you can't mess with me. I almost can kind of feel myself kind of transforming into that or shifting into that, that manly energy. And it makes you feel like, yeah, nobody can, can mess with me. I'm super yes. You can't push me down. Yes. And it, it's a great feeling, but when it starts to take over your life and then it's fueled by that validation and that praise, it can become a little bit overwhelming and something that people see as healthy because when you know we look at pictures or we see someone in the gym all the time Mm -hmm. we automatically think like oh wow they're so healthy look at them good for them we praise them that fuels it and that healthy habit becomes an obsession it almost takes over and becomes mentally mentally unhealthy it totally does and what's something that I say is that fitness was also a way for me to empower myself to finally feel like you know more empowered stronger confident loving my body, trusting myself, which was something that I didn't have, I didn't trust myself. Therefore, I attracted men that I that were untrustworthy, right? It's a reflection of how I felt within myself. So with the competition, even though it was so restrictive, it was so I hired a coach for my competition. It was so isolating and everything. But at the same time, it made me feel like I can accomplish something if I could accomplish a 16-week program to compete that I can accomplish anything I set my mind to, anything I want, like I can make it happen. And that started building more courage, more Mm. trust in myself, more confidence, which is something that I didn't have. So fitness was also positive, right? Oh, yeah. But on the flip side, I was numbing. I was using fitness to cope with my suffering, my trauma, my emotional pain, because when you go through emotional abuse, verbal abuse, spiritual, financial abuse, all of that, you tend, sometimes you can have PTSD, right? Even though it's not really in the DSM, but it can come as a form of PTSD with anxiety, depression, all this like mental health issues. And for me, fitness helped me numb that. Like, I didn't know how to heal. You know, I had the body, I had the six pack, I looked amazing, everybody praised me, you know, but I was so miserable and unhappy on the inside, I would still be crying, I I felt stuck, I didn't know how to move on. And it's because I didn't know how to process my emotional pain, my trauma, those emotions, those the suffering, like I didn't, I look so happy. (laughs) I look bubbly, but on the inside, I wasn't. Right. Wow. Mm -hmm. So I agree. You know, something that you said is when you set goals that are related to fitness or, you know, a lot of people that I work with, they're going to be fitness or diet related. It can build a lot of confidence and it can give you Mm -hmm. the courage to keep doing something else. And in your case, you know, make a business, go and do other things, find a good relationship. It builds this self-reliance. It builds self-esteem because you can prove to yourself you can do anything. But when that's all you've got and that's all you really have to validate yourself and there's still other things missing in your life, it doesn't always manifest to be 100% positive. There's still going to be this feeling of isolation and loneliness. How were you able to kind of 
do a little bit of a mindset switch and ease into something more? How are you able to find peace with yourself and, and look for good relationships? So um, basically, I had to start from scratch, learning who I was. I didn't know who I was. Mm. After I left the relationships, even through fitness, I thought I knew who I was, right? right? But I didn't even know my favorite color. I didn't even know what my favorite food was. Wow. I It was that bad. And I'm like, did I even know this coming at 14 when I came to the United States or my whole life? And this was for me kind of like a rebirth, you can say. Because I got to know myself all over again. I had to do identity work. Like, what's my favorite color? What's my favorite food? Um, I was so conditioned to just go along with whatever he said, my ex or society or my parents, their belief systems, right? So I kind of had to understand what do I believe in? What do I believe about love? What do I believe about relationships? What do I believe about success? All the areas major areas of my life and this is also when I was like I am not religious or catholic I'm spiritual woo -woo spiritual mm. so I even had to detach myself from that catholicism and things belief systems that my parents had that were not mine I had to detach and be like no I'm separate from my parents that's not my belief systems what do I believe in so what are my core values what do I stand for what are my new non-negotiables what are what boundaries do I have? Like, who am I really at my core? What do I want out of my life? And at the same time, I was also doing healing, like inner child healing, mother, father wound healing, um, healing any trauma or emotional pain or just subconscious. And most of the time, people go and see therapists, which is amazing, or psychotherapists, right? But a lot of them only deal with the conscious. Fry Talk Therapy only deals with the conscious. And my pain and everything I went through was at my subconscious level, which is what many people go through, right? Right. So I started doing a lot of shadow work. I started doing a lot of uh, trauma work and emotional pain work. And basically every single day it was a non-negotiable that I was going to do something for myself I also started doing meditation journaling and just like going on nature and I did slow down in the way I was working out I started exercising from a place of self-love versus mm. self-hate versus seeking validation and approval from others I kind of just started doing it no I'm gonna go and take a walk because it feels really good for me today. Yeah. And some days I would go to the gym and I'm like, I don't feel like lifting weights. What does my body want to do today? And I would like oh. touch, put my hand in my heart and another in my womb. And I would just feel what my body needed for the day. Sometimes my body just needed a walk. Sometimes my body just wanted to be hugged. So I would just wrap my hands any way <laughs> I could and hug me. Sometimes I, my body wanted to just dance. So when I dance, it's a, so it's a form of exercise. I close my eyes and I just let my body move the way it wants to move. And I started integrating fitness to heal my trauma and emotional pain. I call it like kind of like active healing mm -hmm. where I would go in and this is when I was still doing like really with a heartbreak still. Um, I would go in with a song that on purpose was going to activate memories that I had probably put away or suppressed. And I would go put the music on that would remind me of my ex or some memory or some emotions to purposely bring the emotions up. 
and the memories, right? Because you're uh, there's a lot of memories that have many and many emotions attached to them. So I would put in the song. And I would be crying, working out. I didn't care. And I would be working out. And at the end of my workout, when I was just in the emotions, I would journal everything out. So that was a form for release for me. And also, it's kind of like somatic exercising. I would start dancing to really shake the emotions out of my body. So that really, really helped me. But it was more, it was a lot of things that I did simultaneously. But the way I, te- I tell my clients or people that come to me, it's like, you have to start slow integrating one thing at a time maybe you just walk maybe you wake up and you meditate maybe start slow with something that's going to feel really really good and also to mention during this process I had to learn how to reconnect with my body my intuition my emotions because I was so dissociated from it I was so disconnected from me that I had to learn how to do that so breath work and meditation really really helped me with that that's incredible. You know, that whole story, what, one thing that you really said that stuck out to me is you started to do all of these things from a place of self love, instead of self hate, you know, dancing and doing breath work or taking a walk in nature, taking a minute to recognize what you actually want to do and what your body is telling you is common sense for you to do. So if that's lifting weights, or if that's taking it easy one day, You went along and did that because you were looking at your health and your wellness from a place of love and not self-hate. And I know similarly when I'm working with women and men who want to change their physique and transform how they look, there's nothing wrong with that. But they're usually doing it based on something that they don't like about themselves. When they come into my office, I'm like, you know, why are you here? Why do you want to come see a dietitian for? And they'll tell me, they'll start rattling off all the things they don't like about themselves. I hate my love handles. I don't like that I've gained all this weight. I feel really fat in front of my friends. I feel bad about how I eat. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Tell me what you want. Don't tell me what you don't want. Don't tell me what you don't love about yourself. Tell me (laughs) what you want. And let's figure out how to reshape your, your, views on food to think of it as something that helps nourish you, that helps helps you grow, helps you accomplish all the things that you want to do in life. Because when we look at food and nutrition as a way to nourish ourselves and to love ourselves, it completely does a 180 on our perspective on what health really means. It stops becoming this thing where you break down your body because we hear social media or we see celebrities and influencers doing all these things and making us feel like that's how we need to exercise or that's how we need to eat. When really we need to take a step back and A, love ourselves and B, really listen to what our body wants. Because mm-hmm. does our body, you know, does our body really want some highly processed manufactured protein bar that a celebrity is endorsing? Probably not. Our body probably wants whole real good food that's going to nourish it. And it's all going back to using our intuition and our body cues to treat ourselves with love and self-respect. And that's going to look different every day and it's going to vary from individual to individual. So I think it's amazing that you even share that with your clients that, you know, Hey, you have to take a step back to give yourself what you need and not judge yourself for giving yourself what, what you need. If that is just a hug, don't judge yourself for it. Give it to yourself. If that's to dance, do it and, and walk away without feeling bad or guilty because you missed a workout or something that somebody else told you you should be doing. Yes, I totally, totally agree. And one of the things, exercises that really helped me, like, come to a place of loving my body from, like, you know, self-love versus self-hate, it's mirror work, where I would stand in front of the mirror naked, and I would seriously scan my body from top 
to bottom, right? From mm. the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. And I would just scan and see what thoughts came up, what beliefs came up, what negative self-talk my inner critic was so mean to me. <laughs> she mm. was so mean and so abusive. I was, you know, it's ironic, but I was in abusive relationships and yet I was also abusing myself. So, huh, no wonder yeah. why I attracted that, right? Well, it's because yeah, so, you like almost taught yourself to talk that way because it's how you'd been, you know, talked to. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I started kind of scanning and if I, I saw something or if I heard a voice inside of me saying, oh, your cellulite is disgusting. I would turn it around and say, I love my cellulite. My cellulite is sexy. My cellulite is amazing. Yes. I would like seriously. <laughs> cellulite is sexy, by the way. I just want to say to any, to any women listening, cellulite is so sexy because men, they can't get cellulite because they don't have the same feminine hormones and skin elasticity as us. So yeah. I feel like cellulite is a huge sign of femininity. Just putting that out there for anyone. That being like, yeah, she talking about like, no, and, Mary's dead on. So and breaking sexy. and breaking news, men somehow men love the jiggle. I don't know what it is. <laughs> men, if you're listening to this and you love the jiggle, let us know. <laughs> let like, us know on Instagram that you're. This is something that my husband told me, and obviously, and I've I've asked around. I'm like, why do you like women that jiggle when they walk? Because that was a huge thing I was self conscious about. And my husband is like, I love the jiggle. I think it's sexy. Or I I don't see cellulite as bad. I think it's sexy and attractive. And I was like, what? (laughs) So it was like a huge mindset shift. So I started loving myself even more because also my husband truly loved me the way I am no matter what so I and I question. oh I'm yes, sorry I mean to interrupt you, but I have a question because I'm thinking okay what, what if is let's talk to the woman who's listening to this and she's like I don't even know how to start looking at my cellulite or my my extra little jiggle how do I look at that from a place of self-love whether or not she has a supportive partner or not how how would she go about doing that so when I started doing it, obviously, I didn't, I was not dating my husband. So I actually okay. did this when I was single. So it's good. But I basically started showing myself love to myself. And it's everything like I, I mentioned earlier, I had to find any need that was not met when I was little, like someone hugging me, affection, words of affirmation, I didn't feel safe, I felt ignored, you know, all this things I didn't feel significant so I have to find a way to make that for me to fulfill that need within myself so I started dating myself this is where uh, the whole thing started so I started taking myself out on dates Mm -hmm. but I also I call it the dare to date yourself where I started taking myself on dates to fulfill any need that was not met when I was little and any need that was not met in relationships Right. So mm-hmm. one of the things was huge for me, it's always been my body image. And when I started doing the mirror work, little by little, at first, my inner critic was attacking me like really bad. Like if I showed someone because I used to I used to record everything, every single thought, uh, thought that came, belief that came into my head in the time, people would be like, Oh, my gosh, like, seriously, like you abuse yourself so bad. So It was a process of doing a lot of healing from my childhood, healing a lot of my past. But at the same time, whenever I looked in the mirror and I would say affirmations 
I was also rewiring my subconscious. So yes. little by little, progressively, it was not a, a one week thing, right? It progressively started getting better to the point that even if I looked at myself in the mirror and if I see I gained weight, I still say, I love my love handles. I love this. And sometimes it's going to feel very uncomfortable and it's going to feel really fake at the beginning because you are so used to telling yourself the same things, same um, critic criticizing you the same way judging you the same way saying the same words like I'm disgusting or I'm fat you know all this really really mean things we say to ourselves that your ego is going to be like what what that's not true you know Mm. yeah because your brain is conditioned to think a certain way yeah it's like you said you have to rewire yourself yeah so you will be reprogramming yourself day after day but you have to keep a commitment to this work, right? Self-love is not a work that you do one day, you feel better and you stop doing it. No, I do it every single day. It's a non-negotiable. Every single day I look at myself in the mirror, I write affirmations, but also it's not only that you write affirmations like I um, I love myself and that's it. No, you also have to do the inner work and Let's say something comes up that I hate myself. Okay, let's do the work. Let's journal. What is this about? Mm-hmm. What part and what I, what I always do, I take my clients all the way back to childhood because that's where everything starts. So if you say, I hate myself or I don't love myself, okay, what feelings are you feeling in your body? Clo- close your eyes and feel in your body. Where is the pain, right? And then what feelings come up? right and then kind of really recognize those feelings and what when was the first time you felt this way when what age were you when you were a child and then I have a meditation that I take my clients through where energetically I take them back and I allow them to integrate that little girl into who they are today so it's kind of like soul integration in a way but it's also energy healing so but affirmations is a really good place to start and it's going to take time because it took how many, let's say 35 years, I'm 35, it, take, it took me 35 years to abuse myself per se. It's going to take a little bit of time to reprogram myself to believe something different than what I have been telling myself. So you also have to be very patient with this process and really understand that you will get better. Like things will come, like you are going to start feeling better. Totally, totally. Mm-hmm. And the dietitian in me is drawing so many parallels to what you're saying to how it goes when you're changing your eating habits, when you're starting to change your eating habits, because a lot of people are wired to eat a certain way. They have habits that cause mm-hmm. them to grab a certain food or to walk in the kitchen and automatically feel triggered to eat. And they find that it's really, really hard to change these habits. Well, it's the exact same thing you were talking about, because you have gone who knows how many years doing these habits. It's not going to change in a day. You have to actually put in the work, believe that you can do it, talk to yourself kindly, but really have faith that you can change, but actually put in the work to making this change become real. And the two together, when you believe that you can do something and you affirm yourself and then actually put in the work to make it happen. I mean, they marry beautiful and they yield amazing results. And I know with you, it really did because you even told me you started to manifest the the love of your life, who's now your husband, within two weeks. Can you kind of tell audience members about that, how you did that? Yes. So um, my husband is my twin flame, which is only one of them in the whole world for you. And we okay, are tell other's... people what a twin flame is. Twin flame is basically, it's kind of like, your soul was split in half when you were born 
pretty much. And somebody else is like the mirror soul of you. So there's only one person in the entire universe that is your twin flame. So I married my twin flame and I manifested him twice, actually. And with twin flame relationships, there's faces. And I'm not going to get super into it. Like You can find me and we'll chat about it later. But um, basically, um, this past time, this past uh, December, I was getting really serious about manifesting my soulmate. I'm like, okay, well, I think six months, I took a break. So I'm back at, I'm back to manifesting. So I started doing my rituals. I started doing my uh, taking inspired action. And I started really getting clear on what is it that I wanted, right? And I had been doing this already. So I was like, oh, it's easy. I already have my dream man list. I already know how I want to feel in a relationship. I already know it all. So one day I got down on my knees. I was crying. I was like, universe, I'm ready. I'm ready to share my space I'm ready to share my heart my love my energy I'm ready very ready for him um just this or something better that's what I said and I just you know I kind of set the list I every single item on the list and I really felt into it and then he came literally two days after that he messaged me stop then, that is quite yes. two days <laughs> yes two days after that he messaged me in the most synchronistic way that my mom had his phone number in on her iPad. And I still don't even know how that happened because she didn't have his phone number. And she FaceTime, she FaceTime him and he answered and he took that as a sign to contact me somehow. <laughs> so he, he contacts me and he's, you know, he's like, I'm still in love with you. I still want to be with you. And I was like, no, no, no. I'm trying to manifest my soulmates. Like you and I didn't really work out. You still have things to work on for yourself. And I really, really am serious about manifesting. I think you're a distraction from the universe and a test to make sure I'm actually really serious about this. (laughs) Seriously, that's what I said to him. And I said, no, I kind of rejected him. And then he just kind of was very patient. And he was not insisting in a forceful way, but it was more like, hey, I'm here whenever you are done deciding. I'm still going to be here for you because I still love you. You're the love of my life. And all these amazing things he said. And progressively, like within two weeks, I was like, oh, wow, what if this is the person for me? Why am I running away again from my twin flame? And I surrendered and I allow him back in. And then we got married super fast because we already knew each other. And yeah, but the thing is that a lot of people, like just something I want to mention, a lot of people are like, oh, when is it okay to take your ex back? Well, first of all, we always had a very healthy relationship. It was very loving. It was very spiritually aligned. It was very like growing. We used to heal each other together, like shadow work. So there was never any mistreatment, nothing like that. So I had a really good experience with him and we separated due to some issues he was going through. And I was not willing to go through that, you know, because I Mm. had already gone through so much in relationships that I'm like, no, I'm always going to put myself first. Wait, so yeah, you put yourself first, like you did exactly Mm -hmm. what you promised yourself to do to always listen to your gut and it still Mm -hmm. worked out. Yes, it worked out. And I let him go. I'm like, you go and do your thing. Heal whatever you need to heal. And best of luck. I love you. And that was it. We broke up from a place of love and not from a place of hate. And I continued to do my thing, focusing on my business, focusing on me, growing myself. And he just came back. He just came back. And I didn't even need to manifest the same rent. He just came back, (laughs) you know? That is amazing. I think everybody listening to right now is like in tears. Like that is a modern day 
fairy tale. <laughs> yes, because you don't, a lot of people are like, can I manifest the same man? Can I manifest a specific person? I never meant to. I manifested how I wanted to feel in our relationship, um, how I wanted my partner to be, how I wanted to be treated, how I wanted to feel within myself, with myself, like somebody that supported my business. And I manifested that again. And I was like, okay, Mary, I'm like, this is the universe is really telling you, hey, this is the man that you are asking for a good man. Here he is. And you're rejecting him. <laughs> and then I kind of took a step back and I was like, wow, he's exactly what I put on my list oh my gosh but the caveat is that I said something I said I want to manifest someone that's a business owner an entrepreneur and Mm. he was not it Mm. now when he got in when we got married and everything like after a month or so he's he opened up his art business so he paints now he quit his job he started that and I was like wow so a lot of the qualities that I asked for that he did not fulfill when we were separate he fulfilled those in our relationship with me. So we needed to be together for that to come true. Wow. So yeah, it's, it's, um, he treats me like a goddess. He's Ugh. so supportive, understanding. And let's say some days um, when manifesting, make sure you manifest someone that is going to be there for you during conflict. When you have your downs, when you're not feeling good about yourself, someone that is going to be very loving, very understanding, like, some days I wake up, not my best, moody, irritable, you know, yeah. <laughs> all this stuff. And he'll be like, do you need a day of self-care? Do you need some time alone? You know, or yeah. have you been man- Have you been meditating? Like he's there on the journey with me. And I've healed a lot of things in a relationship with him, in a marriage with him. So it's really important to know what is it that you really want in a relationship so you can mm. manifest that. That story is beautiful. You sound like you hit the jackpot. What really gave me chills is you were like, okay, so I knew when I was originally thinking about the person I wanted to be with, I wanted him to be a business owner and do this kind of similar journey as I did. And he didn't have that, but you still knew he was your twin flame. And then the crazy thing is that still became a reality. He was just doing it on his own path and his own journey and his own timeline. And it's just wild how things sort of come into alignment, even when we're not really expecting it to. It's a beautiful thing how the world just sort of gives us what we ask for if we really, really believe that it can happen. If we really do try to manifest it and believe in the law of attraction. Yes, definitely. Oh, yes, Marina, Mary. I'm sorry. Oh, my name is Mary Miranda, you guys, and I keep calling Miranda because I'm a moron. But seriously, okay, that's not very self love of me either because I was reading it off a piece of paper. That's nicer to talk to myself. But Mary, yes. I want to thank you so much for sharing this story. I'm feeling so inspired. I'm thinking about some relationship things I have going on right now, and I'm like, well, I need to take a step back here and really think about the big picture and what I really want and how I can make that happen. And I'm sure listeners are feeling the same way. And if they want to connect with you, where can they find you? What's the best place to reach you at? So the best two places are Facebook, uh, my personal page or my business page. They're both under Mary Miranda. There's one lady that's a singer. That's not me. Maybe it would be the other one. (laughs) Um, She has my same name, which is funny. And then Instagram, Mary Miranda Coaching. Mary Miranda coach. Okay. Yeah, and I, guys, I will put all of that information in the show notes too. So you can just click the links and you can connect with Mary Miranda whenever you want. I mean, your, your story is amazing. What you're doing for the world is incredible. So I just think it's really exciting and the world needs you. You know, one thing I do like to ask people just for kind of for fun 
is if you could give one piece of advice to the woman listening to this that's really connecting with your story and going through the same thing, if you could only give her one thing, what would that be? What would the big takeaway be? Mm. Hard question, I know, because you gave us so many yes. amazing. Yes, <laughs> Good I can info. think of two things, but the one thing is to heal their past heal Mm -hmm. their past hurts heal their unprocessed emotional pain and trauma because we all carry trauma a lot of times there's like big trauma and little trauma big trauma can be like sexual abuse can be like physical abuse can be like really catastrophic things little trauma it's more like not and not being uh loved the way you wanted by your parents or bullying or um, maybe your dad wasn't was not there with you. Maybe your mom was always working. So he that all of that leaves this conditioning and imprints on us that we carry through our, our life, and that gets manifested in the relationships and the reality that we're living right now. So go, don't be afraid to do the work, heal the mm-hmm. trauma because this is, and this is also going to help with uh, your emotional eating a lot of that kind of uh, Mm -hmm. when you address the root cause which is your childhood and trauma and process anything that was not processed it's really going to impact you the way you live the way you feel and everything in your life that is such a good point because a lot of you know for you in particular you were walking away from these toxic relationships Mm -hmm. and healing using that fitness addiction. And for some people, it's the complete opposite where they're overeating and overconsuming and soothing with food and trying to find comfort in those places. And then for other people, it's something a little bit more obvious and frowned upon uh, by society, such as gambling or drug addiction. You know, we all have different ways of coping with internal traumas, whether they be big or small. So finding the courage to dive deep and really do the work to heal yourself can pay off tenfold because you can get rid of some of those unwanted habits you have in your life and really start to grow as an individual. I just think that's beautiful advice. Thank you so much, Mary. You know, and I want to thank you again for coming on the podcast today. This episode is amazing. I mean, I'm just so excited to get this out there. So thank you again, Mary. Thank you so much. Yes, this was so Mary. much fun of and flowy. The conversation was just beautiful. It felt like a friendship, like a girl-girl talk conversation. It did. Oh my gosh. I know thank we'll you. have to we will have to get something else going on for everybody. We should, I mean, if you guys listening want me and Mary to do something, maybe like a webinar or online something or other, we can figure it out. Just give us some feedback and let us know if you would like to learn a little bit more about the relationship between food and your romantic relationships. I'm sure we could cook up something fun. <laughs> yes, definitely. I'm in. <laughs> right. Well, thanks, Mary. And bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening. I hope this episode was helpful. For topic requests or to apply to be a featured guest, please email kate at orlandodietitian.com. Want more nutrition awareness? Check out our blog for recipes, nutrition tips and tricks, as well as product recommendations. Our website is www.orlandodietitian.com. Dietitian is spelled D-I-E-T-I-T-I-A-N. This has been Dietitian Kate, and until next time, keep it real.